Welcome to Dial It In, a podcast where we talk with interesting people about the process improvements and tricks they use to grow their businesses. I'm Dave Meyer, president of BusyWeb, and every week, Trig Olson and I are bringing you interviews on how the best in their fields are dialing it in for their organizations. I don't want to talk about it. Oh. I, I've been fighting a cold all week. And most of the people at BusyWeb are, 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 are women, so they're completely unsympathetic to the fact that I have a cold and the world should stop. Yes. I have a cold. So mm-hmm. because of that, because I need some sympathy, I brought in a ringer today for our podcast guest. Our podcast guest is an old friend, Tim from HeartCert. Tim is a full-time Twin Cities fire captain and EMT, and uh, he is the founder of Twin Cities HeartCert. He founded it with his wife, Christina, back in 2010. So Tim is going to talk to us about all sorts of things today, mostly about how to feel bad about my cold. So right. well, thanks and for I, joining I us, also, I should also add that Tim is one of our absolute favorite clients that we've had as a client since the beginning of the business, I think, or at least very close to that. Yeah, so, it's been a long time. It's the beginning, but it's yeah. been a long time. Yeah, yeah. So That's when the business really got good when I joined. That's right, right. He's been there. He's been here for that long. Welcome, Tim. Yeah, thanks. Really appreciate you having me. I feel just terrible about Trigby, though. Thank oh, you. Yeah. See, yeah. is that so hard? <laughs> now that the guys understand. Yeah. Uh, Tim, tell us about HeartCert. Yeah, happy to. Thanks a lot. So yeah, you you hit it a little bit there with the intro. So used to be firefighter, EMT, started off in the Twin Cities, and that's how I kind of fell into doing the CPR training because I did it in real life and I did it and I really saw the difference it could make. So I, we'd go to a scene. If people knew how to do CPR before we got there, the outcome much different than if they didn't know. And so I thought, man, it, this is something everybody needs to know whether they, they have to have it for work or, or not. People need to know it. So I started training just on the side, like any good firefighter does. I had some spare time and Trained uh, on the side on my days off and teach just literally one person at a time in my living room, which was pretty weird bringing people in in St. Paul, uh, but uh, it worked and there was a huge need and I kind of fell in love with it and I kept doing it on the side and kept training, kept training and just put everything back into the business and I call it the monster. It just, it needed more. It had to, just had to keep feeding it and mm-hmm. grew and grew and grew and listened to the customers and found out, you know, they wanted more than just CPR. They wanted AEDs. They wanted advanced healthcare training, IV training, on and on and on. So we've really tried to pride ourselves on becoming like a one-stop safety shop and have grown nationwide now. And so it's been quite a ride. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a lot. So if somebody takes a course from you, what are the most important skills that they, they leave with? Yeah, the most important thing and what we really try to hammer home is that they feel comfortable and confident to react and to do something in the case of an emergency. I've mm-hmm. said forever, you know, I was a firefighter, I did CPR. I can know everything there is to know about CPR. It doesn't help me when I go down, you know, or mm-hmm. I get hurt. It's the other people. And I always think too, what that would feel like if a loved one, something happened to him and you literally had no idea what to do and you just sat there. Like the 
oh, yeah. that would be a terrible feeling. So that's that's always been my goal is to people feel comfortable, they feel confident to like, hey, yeah, I might not be an expert, but I can really make a difference. So that's what people walk away with. So you've been in business for 12, 13 years now. What are some of the biggest misconceptions that somebody has about first aid? Yeah, there's a lot of them out there. And, and the, the fun thing about this business is that it's always changing. And so there is a lot of, uh, I was taught this 10 years ago or so. It's not that mm-hmm. way anymore. And no, it's not. Some misconceptions would be that like AEDs, the defibrillators that shock the heart, that they are expensive, they are complicated, uh, and they're intimidating, right? If you don't know anything about them. But the reality is, and if you take a class after about a minute, you'll learn that they're the easiest thing in the world. You, you turn them on, you open them, they walk you right on through it. Mm-hmm. Do you have to be clear when you put it on somebody's chest? Right, yeah. So yeah, the, all the movies, you know, clear or taking a battery and, and it's like a jump start to the heart. It's that, the interesting thing is it's actually the opposite. An AED, a defibrillator, technically stops the heart. So most people mm-hmm. don't know that. They think it's a jump starter, but actually the heart's quivering. It's not beating like it's supposed to. And mm-hmm. the AED can analyze, see what's happening, and then say, all right, Let's send an electrical shock that will very briefly, momentarily stop it, which is meant to reset it. It's like a reset button. Wow. Huh. I had no idea. What a, well, you, you talked about a little about, bit about changes. How has first aid changed over the years? Yeah, there's been a lot of different changes. The, the biggest thing is just even in class format and style. It used to be when I first got into this like 13 years ago, first aid classes were like full day class. Like almost eight hours if you wanted CPR and first aid and everything. The science and studies have shown, though, that it's it's not rocket science. It's a little bit more common sense and good judgment, but there's a lot of information you need to know how to react and when to call 911. So class times, a lot shorter. Format now, much easier. You know, we, we're all in the age now where we can do Zooms. There's blended mm-hmm. learning, online courses. So that's all a part of it as well. Some other things like tourniquet use, that's kind of gone in and out. We all know about tourniquets. Um, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a good tool that we can use. And a lot of people um, for, for years thought you, you couldn't and shouldn't, but yeah, you actually can. Cool. Wow. So tell us more about you know, how that changed. And I guess for, for our class or for folks that are listening along, you know, I think one of the big things that Correct me if I'm wrong, Tim, but isn't it that you don't do breaths anymore for CPR and it's just all compressions? Yes. And that was going to be one of the other things. Thanks for reminding me there, Dave. Sure. That's what almost everybody says when they come in because there is Mm -hmm. a big push for hands only and compression only CPR. Mm -hmm. There's funny like YouTube commercials and and different clips and things where, Uh yes, absolutely. The whole point of it is. The American Heart Association and all the Red Cross, all the big providers, they want people to do something. Mm-hmm. So if I go down and you don't know CPR, you don't have a certification, you might be a little like, oh, I don't know if I want to put my mouth on Tim's mouth. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't know how to, I don't know how to do the breath stuff. But mm-hmm. if you say, put your hands on his chest and push down hard and fast, I can do that. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the, the point of it is just to instill the quickest, easiest, best thing. 
and that is the compressions because that's compressing the heart, which squishes mm-hmm. the blood, mm-hmm. keeps it circulating. That's what keeps our body alive. Mm-hmm. Yes, we need oxygen, but there's already residual oxygen in there. So getting the compressions going, that's the big key. Now, we do need oxygen. So there, it's not that there's no breaths. The whole compression only or hands only is only for people who are unwilling, unable, or untrained to do CPR. So unwilling, I, okay. you know, I'm just not willing mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Unable, hey, I you know they um, can't do the breaths. I have asthma, emphysema, whatever reason. Just mm-hmm. do the compressions. Untrained, just do the compressions. So it's it's to eliminate barriers so that people will do something. Got it. And you can't get in trouble if you decide one way or the other. I mean, it's it's part of you know in laws at least in Minnesota, right? I mean, you can't be held liable if you try to revive someone and something goes wrong or. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, we all know it. Pretty litigious society we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's natural to to have some reservations and fears like, oh boy, if I do something and, and I don't do it right, or the mm-hmm. outcome isn't great, what's going to happen to me? And, that, and that's that's another barrier for people to act. But you're, you hit the nail on the head, Dave. It's called the Good Samaritan Law. Mm-hmm. Minnesota has one and there's nationwide. Every state, all 50 states have one that basically says... As long as you're acting in good faith, you're doing your best and you're trying to help, no matter what happens, no matter if you do everything right, wrong, whatever, they live, die, get hurt, you, you can't be sued or held liable for just trying to help somebody. So if you, if you see somebody down, go ahead and help them. You're not going to get in trouble. You're just trying to help. Cool. Wow. Tim, one of the things that I've always respected about you is that when COVID hit and the pandemic hit, my first thought was of you. Oh God, how is Tim going to stay in business? Because how can you have a business that's focused on touching people when you're not allowed to touch people? So how did you, how did you pivot through that? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. It, uh, it was tough. It was challenging for us uh, as just about everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more or less, we, people stopped coming. Because, yep, can't touch, so on and so forth. Kind of what certifications people had went to the back burner. People weren't thinking about that. Hospitals weren't even caring at that point in time. So, yeah, how the heck do you you keep the lights on? And that's exactly what we had to do. We had to pivot. And, you know, BusyWeb was instrumental in, in helping with that. And I still talk to other people about it and have just tremendous respect and appreciation for the, the candid conversations that we could have. Um, mm-hmm. We were even able to kind of pull back on budget and, and do some other things. It, it was uh, a big help. And then it's looking at, okay, we can't do classes or how we normally do. Now, what can we do? Well, with COVID, because everything changed, they said, well, you can now uh, you know, do certification and do classes over Zoom. They, of course, have to have the equipment and everything. So it's like, well, how's that going to work? Trigby doesn't mm-hmm. have uh, CPR mannequins in his basement. Dave doesn't have them there. Right. So I literally pulled the cars out of the garage, set up a shipping station, figured out the logistics and all that. And we now, we ship all over the United States a little box, well, not too little, but you know, a box mm-hmm. that's got an adult mannequin, an infant mannequin, an AED. We send mm-hmm. it off, and then we can do it over Zoom, and you get certified. So that was... That was a really big part of uh, help keeping us afloat. I I want to come back to that because I think that's really valuable for our listeners, but I just want to make sure that I understood correctly that 
you're the guy in the neighborhood who's got several dozen mannequins in his garage. Oh, it's creepy, man. For sure. Yeah. You know, <laughs> sometimes you walk what by you a when you go out for a Coke at eight o'clock at night. You <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you walk by a neighbor's garage and it's like there's a deer hanging in there or whatever and it's kind of double take right. no when you've got like hundreds of bodies in there that's a whole different ball game right now <laughs> yeah so I, I try to keep the garage doors shut but you can't mm-hmm. tell it in the summer no no it's okay I'm a firefighter that's right <laughs> so uh, has that improved your business to be able to go more virtual and have that packaging yeah, yeah, it really expands the reach. One of the biggest barriers for for my business is if we want to open up a location, you have to have a location. So there's a lot of logistics involved in that. Do you lease? Do you rent per day? Do you whatever? Mm-hmm. Here, it's just you mail them out, and it can go anywhere. So if somebody tomorrow needs a class in Texas, we can ship them a mannequin, and as soon as it gets there, give them a class. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, so, did the Minnesota Heart or the the Heart Association did they change things explicitly around COVID to let you do that? And was there like additional training that you had to do, or how do, how does the training change when it's over Zoom versus in person? Yeah, so uh, the American Heart Association and the American Red Cross they both kind of took a hard look when there was COVID and understood that things were changing and people needed flexibility and other ways to do it. So they both came out with new standards and rules and regulations. And yes, there there are definitely set regulations that you have to follow. So there's how many students can be in a class, what equipment has to be there, uh, how do you actually do the test? So that is all part of it so that it's standardized because if somebody okay. gets created in Minnesota versus mm-hmm. Iowa versus Florida, you want that training to be the same. And again, they should be comfortable and confident. So yeah, it's, it, uh, it was a process. So part of this is a, it's a, it's obviously an audio medium and it lends itself to good storytelling. So for somebody who is as experienced as you are, what is the craziest story that you ever experienced that, around needing to give somebody first aid oh boy there's or a even lot one of your students right right um one of the one that comes there's a lot that come to mind uh i remember doing cpr uh when somebody came to the fire station and uh they just dropped right down right in front of us right in the apparatus bay that was uh, wow. an interesting one. Mm-hmm. There was a first aid call where somebody slipped underneath a lawnmower, and there was a mm-hmm. lot of different things. Uh, a lawnmower. Mm-hmm. There, was, there mm-hmm. was a lot of different things to handle with that. So that was interesting. And then the other ones, like they, I don't even remember specifics, but there, there's so many calls. I mean, we go to people's houses when they're not expecting company over, right? <laughs> you know? right. And there's dog and dog poop everywhere there's a thousand animals there's stuff hanging all over and jumping on you and Mm -hmm. it's like there's a lot of uh factors involved it's it's not exactly like you're in a classroom giving first Mm -hmm. aid or cpr there's there's the the real world aspect Mm -hmm. so you mentioned that you you teach individuals you teach corporations too yeah Yep, that's probably about half of our business. So we offer public courses, meaning you go to our website, heartcertcpr.com, find the class you want, you sign up, 
show up, get certified. The other half of our business is, yep, BusyWeb says, hey, you know what? Our people should be trained. I, as Dave, the owner, want to show that I care about Mm -hmm. my employee and their safety. So we're going to put on a CPR class. You work with us and you say, all right, everyone's going to be in the office for a party anyway next Friday. Mm -hmm. Come, uh, Come do CPR. And so we have an instructor bring the gear in, set it up, make it uh, enjoyable, fun, non-intimidating uh, experience, and we certify people on site. So uh, along those same lines, Tim, what are some of the things that a workplace or even a school needs to know to promote first aid training and, and overall preparedness? Yeah, I mean, I think it's everyone's job to to promote it. Us being a, a training business, that's like our primary job. But I think mm-hmm. everybody, when they get the understanding and realize, I mean, I mean, it's not been too long. The Damar Hamlin incident, it's always unfortunate that there's an incident that happens. And that's what brings kind of more, more eyes and nationwide awareness. But those kinds of things that happen to Damar happen every single day to everyone all across the United States of all age groups. And he's, he's lucky. He's great. He, he was in shape. He had trainers there, AED and CPR, boom, that saved his life. He'll be the first one to tell you that. But if, if we go down and we're at home and we don't have an AED or out in public, you're shopping at target. It's, it's really, really important for everybody to be an advocate for themselves, their family. Mm -hmm. You should take it as a responsibility. If you're a father, if you're you know a mother, mother. You, know, you should you, you want to. That's all we ever want is protect our family, right? That's one of right. the easiest things you can do. Oh, and you yeah. mentioned preparedness there, Tim. Um, what what are some of the early warning signs that you might be having a cardiac event or something that requires additional attention? Yeah, yeah, that's a, an excellent question. So we're, there are we're some... asking for a friend, not because we're approaching fifty. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've been a little stressed out there, haven't you, Trigby? You gotta, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> That's one of the, let's watch that. So let's keep an eye on, on that. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there are the classic signs and symptoms of mm-hmm. like a cardiac event or a heart attack. So what you see in the movies on a lot of things with CPR and first aid are, are generally you know blown out of proportion or, or plain wrong. That's mm-hmm. one of them where generally they get fairly right. Uh, if you see, a, if you, I told you to act like you're having a heart attack right now, what would you do? Clutch my chest, uh, ask why my left hand is tingling. Yeah, exactly. Fall over like I'm Chris Hartley. Yeah, I wanted to get you guys actually yeah. doing something. Yeah, yeah. 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 Hitting, your, hitting your chest. Um, <laughs> all of a sudden, yell out, hey, Wheezy, I'm coming <laughs> home. <laughs> yeah, hey, there you go. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, so, yeah, so most of that is pain, actually. Chest pain that may radiate over to the left, generally the left side of the shoulder and arm. Uh, mm-hmm. Look terrible. Right, mm-hmm. pale, clammy, sweaty, and just hard to breathe. That's mm-hmm. those are your classic signs and symptoms. I okay. told you, I'm, I have a cold. I'm not. It's I'm a not cold. Like it's a cold. Yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> that said, though, just the makeup of our bodies, the way the way we are and we're made, generally speaking, women, diabetics, and sometimes the elderly can present with different signs and symptoms. And this is one of the things we like to make sure we educate people on because not everybody knows this. So if a woman is having a cardiac event, generally speaking, it's not going to be the, oh my gosh, my chest is killing me type of thing. 
it's usually much more subdued. It might not be chest pain. It might be more up in the jaw, neck, and even hmm. upper shoulder blade area. That the pain instead of here is up there, and it's you know it's weird. It's like, well, why the heck do I have this radiating pain here? And mm-hmm. and kind of more of a a sickly type of feeling, and that's mm-hmm. just kind of the way the the wires are. And the tricky thing with hearts is. I could present with those symptoms or you could too, Dave. Like it's a little mm-hmm. bit different for everybody, but those are generally mm-hmm. speaking. So really the big takeaway is if something's not right, mm-hmm. you know, it. we know our bodies better than anyone else. If, right. if it's not right, you got to get checked out. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, and I think uh, some of the technology that's, that's been more readily available has been helpful, I think. And wondering if you've heard many stories, my mom, for example, um, she, got an Apple watch for uh, her birthday. And then like a week and a half later, the watch was pinging her and saying, you know, your ECG is off. You should, you should seek medical attention. And sure enough, she was having like fluttering. Um, I forget what that's called. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, what's that? Palpitations. Yeah. Some, I, yeah, her, her heartbeat was, was vacillating from like almost 200 down to like, 35 and just oh, like wow. all over the place. So Jeez. she got one of those ablations and and got that figured out. But she was always tired. She was falling asleep, like kind of randomly and her heart was racing and the watch actually notified her doctor. And so it was a huge help. And are you seeing more of that or are people getting more aware of it now? Yeah, that is crazy and, and awesome, right? I mean, who knows if the mm-hmm. watch hadn't alerted her, what, Right. What the story might be today, like how mm-hmm. amazing of technology is that? It's still relatively new. So like American Heart, Red Cross, you don't see mm-hmm. like it talking about Apple Watches or anything. Mm-hmm. anything but, but yeah, it's definitely a thing. And I love technology. I'm, I'm all about it and stuff like that that makes makes recognition, early warning signs. It's all about time. Is is huge. So yeah, we do we do see and hear stories similar to that. You know, or people might ask, well, can I really trust this thing? And well, no, it's not a doctor on your wrist, right? um, But it can maybe give you just an early kind of oh yeah Uh yeah you should yeah. So I'm yeah all about it. So get 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 a hold of your doctor if your watch is pinging you and telling you that something might be weird. Right. Yeah. Huh? Or if you're falling asleep all the time and your heart's racing and then not happening. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, Tim, you're running a business. You're actually running two businesses. How do you how do you stay up to date on all of your certifications? How do you find the time? And you have kids and a wife. I, I do. Yep. I have kids, a wife, you two. Yep. Both of you. Um, it's tough, right? We all know it. It's uh, the balance of life, the entrepreneurial thing. I mean, I'll be, I'll be, honest with you guys it it's not easy a lot of times and i've had a lot of bumps in the road i I started the company right like 13 years ago Mm -hmm. like a lot of people do and it's silly when you look back on it uh, because i knew cpr and i was passionate about it that's why i started but i didn't know anything about business Mm -hmm. i had a lot of lonely bumps in the road a lot of grind and Mm -hmm. a lot of boy why the heck am i doing this Uh, and you can get in a bad spot and I, I've been in months where you just mentally, it's not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's where you need you know, mentorship. You need coaching. You need teams and systems. That's where BusyWeb has really helped helped me and my company out in so many aspects and reasons. Is just that 
you got someone there to to lean on from time to time, to lend an ear, to uh, help you and feel like a partner. And whether that's BusyWeb or a web-based company or anything else, you mm-hmm. you do need help. So how do I how do I have the time? I I, I have the time simply because I make the time now. It used mm-hmm. to be it's all hustle, all work twenty four seven. That's not sustainable. Uh, it's put your priorities in check. Uh, mm-hmm. When I talk and I introduce myself, you know, I, I always start with, I'm a father of two. You know, I lead with my family. I don't lead with my business. And that's mm-hmm. how I try to, to live and lead my life now is schedule that stuff first and don't mess with it. Okay? Mm-hmm. You know when you're going to need to do that kind of stuff. And then you fill in the rest. It's kind of the old, uh, what is it, a parable, a fable, whatever, the, the stones, the rocks, and the sand, right? Get your oh, yeah. priorities, uh-huh. right? Until you until you actually get faced with it and your priorities are messed up and then you come back, then then it really kind of comes into focus. I mentioned, Tim, you have uh, a couple of businesses. HeartCert is your main one, right? Yes. So HeartCert is the, the CPR training. That's what I started in my living room. And then, yeah, I, I morphed recently, about three years ago. We really, and that was part of the pivots too. So one was mailing out equipment to people. Another one was trying to help other instructors. Mm-hmm. So whether it's a mentorship coaching, whether it's systems, whether it's training, that's been one of my passions. And people, uh, they still call me crazy, but they, they thought I was really crazy because they're like, well, well you're, you're the guy with the, all the bodies in the garage. It's not, yeah, well, I mean, that's nothing crazy about that, but training, right. <laughs> but training, uh, basically your competition, right? I, I make people instructors. If you want to become an instructor, I'll make you an instructor. And you want to train people in your neighborhood or whatever, I will help you. And it's like, well, why would you do that? Because there's everybody needs it. Everybody. So long story short, to get back to the question. So the second business is called Powered by HeartCert. And it, we have a product called MyTA System. It is a cloud-based software platform that is meant for training entities and businesses. So people like myself or companies like ours, uh, just to help take some of that stress away. There's a lot of back-end administrative stuff that goes into this business that a lot of people don't realize until they get into it. And the whole like goal of our, of our system is to automate that stuff. So as an example would be sending the certification cards. You'd give a class for four hours. Oh, now you've got to yeah. get this roster. You got to mm-hmm. get it off the American Red Cross, the American Heart Association, and there's all these little steps, this step, step. And if you take a misstep, you got to go mm-hmm. back. And it, it can take a lot of time And sure. where you teach four hours and it takes you two hours worth of paperwork. And this will take two hours and put it down into two minutes where it'll do all the clicks for you. Mm-hmm. Other things are like, if you want to have a successful business, you need to have customer service just like you guys, right? Busy was great at that. And I like to think I am too. So after a class, most people are going to send a follow-up to their students and say, hey, how did you like it? Here you go. Here's some information. This happens automatically now. Mm-hmm. Cool. Nice thing about the CPR training business, too, is everybody who is required to have the training, whether it's teacher, coach, nurse, they have to get it every two years. And so if you're a smart business person, you're going to reach out to the people before they need that certification again. Again the system will automate it. It will also take online payments and do a whole bunch of stuff. So yeah, I created that with the help of a developer 
mm-hmm. just launched about a year ago. So yeah, it's uh, just another another time suck, uh, but it's a good thing because it goes into the passion. It's helping other people out, and it's helped our business immensely. What well, is that process like to create your own bit of software? Not yeah. not a lot of fun, to be honest with you, Trick mm-hmm. V. Anybody who's looking at or has gone through uh, doing anything with technology, I, and I was warned of this up front, so I was prepared, but it was even more so than I was prepared for. They said it's going to be more expensive than you think. It's going to take longer than you think. It's going to be harder, suck more mm-hmm. than you think. You know? mm-hmm. and, and, and that's all true. Yeah. I uh, was thinking it was going to be six months. Uh, you know, we're we're still working on it, and that's part of that's part of software and technology. You're always working. Yep, price was a lot, and the thing of it is too. You know, you want to be careful. Uh, so I don't know anything about coding. I sure wish I did. So I had mm-hmm. to partner with a developer and a team, and that's kind of hard for a person. It's hard for me too. Like if you want something done and there is no ability for you to do it yourself. You are 100% reliant on somebody else. So that's a, it takes a different mindset and a kind of mental toughness, if you will, resiliency. Sure. How did you vet and find your vendor for that app? Yeah, we, uh, we kind of, we did a search. It was similar to what I did for finding BusyWeb. I, uh-huh. I did a Google search. Right. And I asked for recommendations on Facebook or whatever and just kind of poked around. Mm-hmm. Then you, you do enough poking, you got yourself this little pile of, all right, let me see what they're about. And then you dig deeper, dig deeper, uh, call and, and try to vet out best you can. Call up past customers is one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Looking at them. And then, then it was interviews. And the person we chose, they're actually local, whereas a lot of software developers and everything are, are nowhere near Minnesota. Right. And he's kind of in the backyard, but about an hour away. Um, so there w- was that there. And yeah, just many factors of looking into it and then an interview process. And we were actually, we partnered with this particular developer to get costs down because building a software system from scratch is True. very intensive, a lot of expense. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, we weren't ready to take on the full amount. So it was reduced and he's actually a partner. So he's invested in the company. Ah, smart. And uh, probably probably very interested in the success of the app. Then, if he's actually getting some revenue out of it himself, that was the plan. Uh-huh. What a uh, now that you've gone through the process and you've got something stood up. What are some things you wish you knew before you got started? Yeah, that's a great question, Trinity. I wish I knew uh, a lot of things. I wish I knew. <laughs> <laughs> what I touched on earlier, what it, what it takes to have the 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 patience it takes, the the patience to completely rely on others, um, mm-hmm. and to just kind of be able to sit back and, and watch the the fact that, and I don't know why I didn't really think of it at the time when I started it was you know that all the little things that you don't think of up front that it requires you need an email host you need a website you need a this mm-hmm. you, you need all that stuff which busy web can help with and, but it's also then it's a it's literally a whole nother company so I, I in my mind it was well i already have a company i've got the structure mm-hmm. i got customer service i got all this this is just going to be an add-on but no this is a second business i needed 
different customer service. I did different. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't just use my same stuff. I thought, well, I'll use my same payroll provider. No, that's you know legalities and everything. Mm-hmm. It was a whole separate, separate thing. <laughs> so kind of just knowing that kind of stuff uh, up front would have, I don't know if I would have made a different decision. I don't regret that I've done it. It's huge for our business, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, challenging for sure. Right. Amazing. So the way the new business works is you're connecting up instructors, you're giving them the training, you're giving them the the tools to run their own business. And then are you also like it delivering the the CPR dummies, the the Annie's? Is that part of that system as well? Or is that just one of those things where you make it super easy for them to use your services as well? Yeah, we've talked about that and it's not mm-hmm. super cost effective with okay. the, mm-hmm. like basically contracting out the, the oh, mailing yeah. service mm-hmm. to somebody. Mm-hmm. So we keep mm-hmm. that to, to ourselves, our core business. But yeah, okay. it's, it's basically at this big toolbox that we mm-hmm. give them. And it's not mm-hmm. so much to use our services, but it's more to use our, our knowledge, our skills and kind of like, like Trigby just asked, like, what do you wish you knew ahead of time? Mm-hmm. I, I'm really trying to let people know those mm-hmm. kind of things that they need to know for this kind of business. So sure. helping them avoid the pitfalls, helping them uh-huh. make things streamlined, uh, right. mental health, all, all of that stuff. Uh-huh. Wow. Well, and you know, I think it's probably easier to swallow helping to feed your competition when you're driven by a core value. You know, you're actually helping people, you're saving lives. So that makes it a little easier to say, you know what, I'm okay in handing things over, or giving some secret sauce away, as long as it's good for the population as a whole. So that's, that's tremendously commendable. And it's super cool to see it being so successful, because that just means that more lives are being saved. Yeah, yeah, good. That's a great way to look at it. Appreciate that, Dave. Yeah, of course. So one one other thing, and this is just from the conversations that we've had over the years together, you are pretty unique as a client of ours in that you're not shy about fiddling with the dials and <laughs> making sure that you're dialing it in. So do you have a, is it is it just a habit or a guiding principle or what drives you to be okay with tinkering and always modifying or improving? You know, how do you dial it in in your day-to-day life? Yeah, that, that's a really good one. And, and I very much appreciate using the word unique. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Trigby might have used uh, other words. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I, uh, I'm different. Yeah, I, I think I'm definitely wired different. But I think uh, most entrepreneurs mm-hmm. are. Um, where it, you know, it's a cliche, but it's true. You know, it's, it's your baby. It is, it, it is something you've created and there are, there's literal blood, sweat, tears and so many hours. And so it's like, yeah, I, I will move, move the world for my children and my wife. And I will do the same thing for my business. I will always look at things to see if I'm doing things, if I can do them a better way, if there any way that I can save more lives, impact more people, hire more people, make more money, all of it. Uh, You want to propel the business. And I just, the way the world works and the way technology works, 
everything's always changing and I get that. And mm -hmm. I, I kind of know that I don't know everything. And so I'm always try a little this, try a little that, throwing spaghetti against the wall. And yep, a lot mm -hmm. of, heck of a lot of times, all it is is kind of just a lesson. Mm -hmm. um, but then you get the ones that, that stick. You get the, oh, shipping out the mannequins or the this or the that. And it's like, mm -hmm. if you don't try, you're not going to grow. Right. Trying and changing things is not going to kill you. Can mm -hmm. it hurt your profits for a month, a quarter, whatever? Yeah, can. Mm -hmm. um, but if you want to grow the, the your company, and that's what that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to grow it. Mm -hmm. You know, then you gotta you gotta keep pushing. So yeah, I guess I'm just a little crazy. Mannequins in the garage, mm -hmm. uh, going going nuts, and uh, just yeah, trying all kinds of different things. Yeah, I love I love uh, dialing, dialing. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> fiddling, fiddling with the dials, right? Fiddling with the dials. And, there you uh, go. I think one of the key things inside of fiddling with the dials is you actually have to know your numbers to know if you're improving. So a, a good a good amount of the things that we've done together have included, you know, like deep dives on the measurement. Are we actually getting not just clicks on the website, but are we getting conversions? Are people actually buying? Are people actually moving through the buyer's journey as we need it, right? Or the engagement cycle. And so the big things that, you know, we talk about all the time are marketing metrics like click-throughs and leads and, you know, how, how well the advertising is doing and all that stuff. But are there other things that you're tracking in the business that wouldn't be kind of immediately apparent? Like with your new business, how do you keep everyone on the same track for, you know, like tickets or problems or things? Are you measuring other things other than marketing? Yeah. And, and yep, that's, uh, that's why we love working with you guys too, is, is we can figure <laughs> that kind of stuff out. Mm -hmm. uh, and I feel like I'm a, a nice, uh, yang to your, your ying almost. Yeah. So yeah, you, I love the analytics and all of that. Uh -huh. I remember, you know, I've had meetings with the team and it's like, okay, we need to look at, you know, how many clicks and how many conversions mm -hmm. and all of this and how much time is spent on the page and, and really what i look at is what's the you know i don't care how long they're on the page in fact to me shorter is better i know google's different right so it's kind of like right. uh, find the line <laughs> um right. get them and get them what they they need so yeah we're all we're, we're tracking all kinds of numbers in, in our mm -hmm. system and software we're looking at um you know more things like specifically what type of training are they taking how mm -hmm. often are they coming back to us you know what's ah, their retention yeah. rate because they do have to take it every two years mm -hmm. um you know in addition to what type of class it's it's analytics like well how often should we hold a class because you think well mm -hmm. if you hold mm -hmm. a class every day you're gonna have one student a day and that's not very efficient you hold one a month right. it's full and you're kind of missing out so there mm -hmm. it's different for every class in every area and we've got okay. 15 different locations from multiple mm -hmm. states mm -hmm. uh we've added nursing training on now too and that's a that's a whole nother ball game so that's stuff we're looking at is as employment is mm -hmm. that happening? Are they moving on? Are they passing their state exams, mm -hmm. uh, pass rates and things like that? So yeah, there's a lot of stuff to look at. Sure. It, is the nursing training in partnership with specific medical centers or is it just kind of as, as part of the, is it part of a university course or how does that work? Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Uh, so it's a, a CNA program. So certified nursing assistant. 
okay. which is kind of like the the entry level first step into healthcare. <laughs> Some people will stay CNA and that's their career, but usually that's also something you have to have to become an LPN, RN, so on and so forth. A lot of doctors start yeah. off as a CNA. So mm-hmm. great program. Traditionally, it is offered in a technical college environment. That's where nine times out of 10, if you're searching for that class where you'll find it. What's unique is, so we partnered with the American Red Cross. They've had a nationwide program for a while. They decided to go in the direction that they didn't want to do it internally themselves anymore. They want to take on a partner. So we license their information. We give them a cut, but then we run the program. We, we kind of take it from there. And uh, it's, it's been a huge success because I think we've all heard it. We all know it. The, the nursing and the certified nursing assistants, there's mm-hmm. a huge shortage. Been that mm-hmm. way for a while, and it's it, it didn't get better in the last couple of years. It's gotten worse, right. and there's no end in sight. So the the demand pay is getting better for those kind of professions now. CNAs used to mm-hmm. not get paid the greatest. Now it's it's getting up there, which is all kind of starting to help. Excellent. I want to roll back a little. You said you have 15 locations, something like that. I'd have to count them exactly, but did did you have more on that question? Otherwise, I'll clarify a bit. I'm just impressed that you're so successful that you don't even know how many locations. Are. <laughs> well, I know how many, like, so we have locations and then we have locations. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I have, we have a building that we, that we actually purchased and owns. We own a place in Egan and then that opened up a lot of doors so we can hold classes whenever we want, do whatever we want. That allowed us to grow to where we could lease long-term leases. So we have dedicated space that's what's kind of required for doing the certified nursing classes. Cause I can't bring a big hospital bed into a classroom and spend 50 hours there. So you right. got to have your own spot. So we own a building in Egan. We lease in Minneapolis, Mankato and Duluth. And then we have a lot of other partners and places we offer where it's just CPR. And we kind of have a, like a crawl, walk, run strategy in all of these areas. So crawl, meaning we go in, we start doing just CPR. And we rent a conference room. Usually it's a hotel conference room or whatever. We rent it a few days a month. And if that's successful, then you can turn that into a lease. Then you can add the nursing. And then when that's good enough, then you could potentially purchase. And that becomes a real estate play. Brilliant. And that's a considered process like we've been talking about. You know, you're you're starting slow and then making an, an, a leveraged investment once you know it's going to work. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to the trying things too. I mean, we got a lot of areas we've tried and we started with the crawl and then we said, nope, that's, that's going to be that. Wow. Tim, can't thank you enough for joining us and thank you for being sympathetic to my cold uh, <laughs> to bring it back. And thank you for being a, such a great friend and a partner to the business. And we're so excited to see what comes next. Yeah. Our- Any, anything you want to leave us with Tim? Uh, shout out to, to my great staff and employees and of course my family, wife, Christina and kids, and also to you guys. Hey, uh, I'm serious and I hope everyone hears this and you don't cut it off at the end. BusyWeb's an instrumental to my business. I say it, you, you guys are like a, a partner, you help, you're sympathetic, you're an ear, couldn't ask for uh, anything better. I've really enjoyed being here and, uh, yeah, I do shed a tear for you, Trigby, and hope you feel better soon. <laughs> I appreciate sure your to- you're not, you're not getting a reduction in your bill. Well, Tim, thank you so much, everybody. Make sure to check out Tim at heartsertcpr.com. And there's lots of other places and things that we can look up. MyTAsystem.com too. Yes, yes. Thank you. 
Exactly. And those will be in the show notes as well. 